Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Good, good, good. So good to be together as the family. So good to be in His presence. And so good to add our faith together. To strengthen and encourage one another. That God is doing good things. He's doing good things in this nation. And he's doing good things in our lives. And the church and the kingdom is advancing. These are fantastic days to be a part of what he's doing. Yeah. We've been on a bit of a journey as we've been looking at the way in which the Lord speaks to his people. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And so as children of God, we're part of the, the flock of his pasture. And that means that we can hear his voice. He's a speaking God and we have the ability to hear. Jesus said, it's good that I go away because when I go, I will send another just like me. And he is the spirit of truth. And he will lead and guide you into truth. He will take from what is mine and he will share with you. And we know that on the day of Pentecost, that the outpouring of the spirit was given to those who were gathered in the upper room. And then it spilled out into the streets and 3,000 people were added to the church that day. Hmm. My goodness, amazing. And Peter, he stands up and he says, this is what was prophesied and spoken by the prophet Joel. In these last days, which started 2,000 years ago, in these last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and my sons and my daughters will prophesy. And prophesying is in its essence hearing from God and sharing with others what God is saying. Mm -hmm. And so my sons and my daughters will prophesy. So we're his sheep, we hear his voice, and we prophesy. Yay! And then scripture says that all prophecy, this is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, all prophecy must be tested. Hold on to the good and throw away or get rid of the bad, the evil. So we need to be those people who are hearing his voice and are weighing, judging and testing what is being said. What's being said in our own lives, what we think and sense we're hearing from the Lord, as well as if somebody gives us a word that we're able to know, is it for us? And is it right? Because often, there's a little bit of a mixture involved. Alright? We see in part, we prophesy in part. And so any word, it's possible that it's got some aspects of God and some aspects of humanity that's been mingled into it. And we need to filter out those things that are not of the Lord. And that's part of this little journey that we're on at the moment is just looking a little bit more as to how we go about weighing, judging, and testing. So we've covered a few things already. Firstly, we recognize that God gives to us leaders to walk with us as shepherds who might guide us and help us in our journey. And so there's this whole discipling process that takes place. And that's one of the reasons why, as part of the family at Breakthrough, We say that if you're in Breakthrough, if you're a member, then you're in a Community Connect group. If you're not in a Community Connect group, you're not a member. Because this is what the family does. True. We would love everybody to be a member. We would love everybody to be part of a Community Connect group. Why? So we can journey together, we can hear the voice of the Lord together, and we can discern what he's saying to us together. No lone rangers 
in the body. You can't find that in scripture. Everywhere throughout scripture, the people who are part of the family of God actually hang with the family. We don't walk in isolation. It's not me and Jesus. It's us together with Jesus. Fantastic. So the Lord gives to us leaders not to dominate, not to control, but to help guide, steer, shepherd. The second thing in terms of weighing, judging, and testing is we need to check, does the word align with the word? So if there's a prophetic message, there's something that you feel you're receiving from the Lord or else somebody gives to you, does it align with the written, revealed word of God? And if the message that you're getting tells you to do something that is contradictory to the written word, well, that's pretty easy. What do we do then? We reach for the handle and we flush. All right? So we get rid of stuff that is clearly contradictory to the scriptures. Okay? Because the spirit is not going to contradict what Jesus has said. Jesus is the eternal word, the living word, the word made flesh, tabernacle dwelt among us. So the spirit will take, Jesus said, from what is mine. He will not speak of his own, but he will take from what is mine, because what I got, I got from the Father. In other words, the Father and the Son and the Spirit are going to be in complete unity, agreement, harmony. And so what you think the Spirit is saying cannot be at odds with what Jesus has said. It's it's an impossibility. So... One of the ways in which we weigh, judge, and test is, is the word lining up with the revealed will of God through the scriptures? The third way that we weigh, judge, and test is we check to see, does the word, does it align with the nature, the character, and the commands of Jesus? So the fruit of the spirit, it's the very essence of God The invisible made visible through the fruit of the Spirit. So we can see God at work through things like love, joy, peace, kindness, patience or forbearance, self-control, gentleness. All these good things, we can see God through these qualities, through the fruit. Okay? And so... Does the word align with who God is? Because what he says is consistent with who he is. It flows from his essence. Mm -hmm. Now, the fourth way, which we're going to cover this morning, and if you don't interrupt me too much, we might even get to do two of them today. How's that? It's called acceleration. Okay. The fourth way in, in which we can know that something is from the Lord or that we're filtering out the things in a word that is for us and the things that is just a bit of padding or actually needs to be done away with. The fourth way is that there is a witness in our spirit with the Holy Spirit. Okay? So let's go to Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you will live in fear again. But rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, testifies witnesses with our spirit that we are children of God. 
So we see here in this verse this understanding that we can know by the Spirit that it is the Spirit of God. Yeah? God has put inside of us a knower. Okay? Now, I'm not talking about a guy who built an ark. Okay? You know something with your knower. Okay? In your gut, in your conscience, just inside of you, your being, you just know. You just know that you know that you know. And God has put that inside of you. In fact, he's built it into humanity. That we would be able to know right from wrong. Adam, and since Adam and Eve, everyone created, made, humans made in the image of God. Mm Mm-hmm. Not from apes or monkeys or anything else. Okay, made in the image of God. And he made us and designed us with a Noah. All right. Let's have a quick look, a couple of other scriptures, and then I'll, I'll try and put this together here. Galatians 4 and verse 6. But you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts the Spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So the Spirit is in our heart. Okay, where's your heart? If you're Greek, you're going to think cardio. You're going to think heart. If you're Hebrew, you're going to think the heart is the very center of your being and you're going to think it's somewhere here. Remember Jesus said that out of your inmost being, rivers of living water will flow. So right in the center, in your gut, so to speak, this is the Hebrew understanding of heart. Yeah, the center, the the very essence of your being. All right? Just a little bonus round here. Just remember that the New Testament was written by Hebrew boys writing in Greek. Their thinking isn't Greek. Their thinking is Hebrew. Look, we understand this in South Africa. Look, we've got 12 official languages. Do you know that we've added one? Yeah. Used to be 11. Now we've got an upgrade. We've got 11 official languages. We've added sign, sign language. Yeah. Some of you, your sign language not to be repeated. Okay. That's rude. Okay, we're talking proper signing is the 12th language, okay. But we understand that many of us, English is not our first language, so we think in our home language, our mother tongue, but then we communicate in English. All right? And we know that sometimes we get things a little bit muddled. All right? Or, or there, there's certain concepts, certain... Um, phrases, idioms that work in our mother tongue and we translate it into English it doesn't carry the same weight or understanding okay so just remember that our, our, our writers of the New Testament Hebrew guys they think in Hebrew and so they're communicating not Greek, cardia, heart they although they wrote the word cardia but they're actually thinking Heart. Does this make sense? Okay. That's just a bonus there. All right. But he sent the Spirit into our hearts. In other words, the Spirit is inside of us, in the inner part of our being. The Holy Spirit has, put, has come inside of us in, in our spirit. Then in Romans chapter 9 and verse 1. I speak the truth in Christ, I am not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. So here Paul is writing to the Romans and he's actually saying, you know what, my conscience, the deep inner knower, 
Because if I say your conscience, probably you're going to go the Greek thing, which is, it's up here. But your conscience, the, the thing inside of you that knows right from wrong, your knower. He says, I'm not lying. My knower tells me I'm not lying. So there's a witness by the Spirit in his knower. And in other words, you've got a knower. You can test, judge, weigh by the Spirit. You know by the Spirit because the Spirit is in your knower. That you know that it's not lies, it's truth. When you weigh, judge, test a word, you're not so much doing it just as an academic exercise. Like, does it tick all the check boxes? Does it pass the gut test? In your knower, do you know that it's from God? In other words, I didn't say yes to the word because I could figure it out. This is beyond my mental figuring it out. This is by the Spirit. There's a witness in my spirit that this is from the Holy Spirit. Witness by the Spirit. That's how we can be led by the Spirit. And He moves us to follow Him. Not because I'm trying to figure it out rationally, like step one, step two, step three. It's kind of like, no, I move because I just know that I'm in the right road. Hallelujah. All right. How about this? In 1 John chapter 3 and verse 24. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Again, so there's a knowing by the spirit because he's put the spirit inside of us. We know that we are in God and we're being led by God. So the spirit inside of us, we know that we're in alignment with him and there's a witness in our spirit, in our knower, that we're, again, we're on the right track. Is this making sense? Okay. So, when we are experiencing the Spirit in our Noah, what are we going to experience? What are we going to sense? Well, we're going to feel something by the Spirit. So we're not judging after the flesh, but we're judging after the Spirit. Right? So it's not what do we feel emotionally, but what do we sense, feel by the Spirit? If you're waiting to just judge by your emotions, well, you know, sometimes you wake up on the wrong side of the bed. Okay? In other words, just sometimes you just, it's an off day. I mean, what's different from the day before? Look, there are all kinds of physiological rhythms and, and chemical flows and all the rest of it in our bodies, male and female. Quit while you're ahead. Men of moods too. We have our rhythms. All right. And sometimes you're just a little bit down. Because you're a little bit down can cause you to want to weigh, judge, test in a particular way because you're a little down. No, no, no. Don't let your feelings, your emotional feelings, cause you to dismiss something that the Lord actually wants to give you. All right? Likewise, if you're on a high, it's kind of like, whoo-hoo, and you run off like a cowboy when the Lord actually hasn't spoken. 
and you imagined God to say things. I've been astounded in talking with some people with regards to the prophetic words that they thought they heard because they were on some kind of a high. And what happens is that we sometimes edit in what we think we heard. At one particular point, there was somebody who, who said, but you know, you said this and this and this in the prophetic words. I wasn't the one giving the word. Actually, it was my dad was giving the word. And uh, my dad said, but that's not actually what we said. Uh, let's, get the, the, let's get the recording. So they listened to the recording. The person said, no, 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 you've edited the recording. I said, no, no, we didn't. No, 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 I distinctly heard XXX. It's kind of like, no, that wasn't there, and we've not edited the recording. In other words, the person, a very intelligent person, walking with the Lord for a very long time, and in a leadership role in another church, in other words, you're looking around like, who here? I'm not talking about anybody in the room, okay? But they were absolutely convinced they'd heard something that had not been said. Okay? So sometimes our emotions can run away with us on the upside and on the downside. So we're not using our emotions as the, as the measurement to weigh, judge, and test because our emotions can be an unreliable source of truth. So we're not judging according to the flesh in our emotions, but we're judging weighing according to the spirit. Okay? Having said that, your spirit can pick up things, and we talk about you feel in the spirit. All right, so we, we're differentiating from your emotional feelings, from your feeling, your sense in the spirit. Okay? So what are we going to feel in the spirit? Well, beautiful place is to go back to Galatians 5, 22, the fruit of the spirit. So you're going to feel in the spirit emotions, spiritual emotion of joy, Peace, kindness, his love, goodness, self-control. All these things you're feeling, sensing by the Spirit. So as you are weighing and you're saying, do I feel in my spirit, is there witness with the Holy Spirit? What are the kinds of things I'm going to feel by the Spirit as a witness to the Holy Spirit? Okay? So we looked last week at Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And we, we said that that ruling is like an umpire that you would know it's either in or it's out because there's peace. So if there's a lack of peace, well then we're, we're not in, in sync with the prince of peace. So if the Prince of Peace is speaking, the fruit of that will be peace. Even if it's a big word, even if it's calling you to something, it's kind of, whoo, this is, this, is, this is big. But peace will come with it. And you're weighing, judging by the Spirit, receiving from the Holy Spirit in your spirit, it's kind of like, oh, I sense peace. Yeah? This, this word's a big deal, but I've got peace about it. All right? If there's lack of peace, even if it's a tiny word, but there's no peace, it's kind of like, no, it's not for me. I think the person who was you know, giving me this message, this word, was, you know, they were trying. Thank you for trying, but you know what? Um, it's actually not for me. Because it didn't come with peace. It didn't come with that sense that 
the Prince of Peace is all over this thing. Or it didn't come with a sense of, of joy. It's kind of like, wow. You know the disciples? They experienced the joy of the Lord in spiritual warfare. It's kind of like they came back overjoyed because demons had been cast out. All right? The lame and the sick had been healed, and they kind of like they were full of joy. And then Jesus, full of joy, begins to pray. He says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And all this is spiritual warfare, I mean, tough stuff, but it came with a sense of joy. Why? Because the kingdom was advancing. See, even if we are in difficult, tough, challenging environments, but the joy of the Lord will be our strength. There will be a joy because the kingdom has come among us. So even when the word calls us into challenging things, but there's a joy on the inside of us that's come by the spirit, and there's a witness, our spirit, with the Holy Spirit, joy. Yeah? I'm not figuring it out over here. It's kind of like, oh, I'm going to be a winner, therefore I'm joyful. No, no, I'm not figuring it from here so much in this test. I'm figuring it from here. Spirit to spirit. Yeah? Okay. Um, how about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 3? It says, The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, their encouraging, and comfort. Okay? So, a prophetic word that comes, it's going to have these aspects to it. It's going to strengthen. Well, let's just look at that word quickly. Some of the translations talk about edify. Yeah? So, we don't use that word so often in, in our everyday English anymore. But edify means to build up. So you've, you, you, you know about you know, an edifice on a building. All right? So when you build up, edify means to build up. So you are strengthening by building up on the inside. So a strength comes through that word that causes you to get stronger on the inside. You'll remember from many moons back, we were talking last year about being led by the Spirit. And one of the, the, the times I was talking from Isaiah chapter 55, how the Word of God, that when it comes, Isaiah says, it's a bit like the rain that falls. It doesn't come without watering the earth, causing the seed to grow and to become fruitful. So my word, which comes from my mouth, God says, will not return back to me void. It will accomplish the purpose for which I sent it. In other words, the word of God carries with it an inherent power and ability for that word to be fulfilled. So it'll be effective and it will be fulfilled because God puts an inherent power within that word causing it to come about. This is amazing. So when a word comes, when a message comes, it comes with an ability for it to be fulfilled and a strength, a power comes into the inside of you to actually latch onto that word, believe the word, and then walk in that word because God is going to, whatever he started, he's going to bring to fulfillment. He's going to finish what he started. And words come in seed form, but there's going to be a harvest. Is going to be fruitfulness. Mm -hmm. This is so important. You know, sometimes when we, we hear prophetic words about South Africa, all right, and we look around at what's 
happening in terms of load shedding and water shedding and potholes and you know, corruption and all these different things, okay? And we, we look at the breakdown in society and we're kind of like, well, how can this be? Right? And so when a word comes and the Lord is declaring how he sees the nation and what he's going to do and what he's going to accomplish in and through the, the nation, we're not evaluating it according to what we can see and reason. We're discerning it by the Spirit. Does that word, when it comes, bring a strengthening, a building up on the inside that actually says, you know what? I just feel so strong that what God has said is going to happen and I'm going to be part of the solution. So a strengthening comes to receive the word, to believe the word, and then to walk in the good of that word. A strengthening comes to you. You built up. Mm -hmm. Okay. How about, how about we go on to the next thing here in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3. When you prophesy, it's for people strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Encouraging. Encourage. To put courage in where courage is lacking. So does a word... When it comes to you, does it cause you to kind of like, come on, bring it on. All right, you've got so much courage that you're able to stand up, even if there's a Goliath. You're not standing up because you've also got a big sword and you've also got armor and all the rest of it. No, you're standing up because you know the word of the Lord. Who are you to defy the word of the living God? Amen. Philistine, you're coming down. Amen. Yeah? So a, an encouraging, a courage comes deep in the inside of you through that word. Mm-hmm. Come on. The, the, the disciples, in Acts chapter 4, these guys have been stepping out and being naturally supernatural. And there's a guy begging there at the side of the road, at the, the, the temple gate, called Beautiful. And he's been there for like, I think it's nearly 40 years. It's a generation. That's interesting. If he'd been there for that long, Jesus would have walked past him. But for whatever reason, he didn't have faith. Because everyone who came to Jesus, Jesus healed. So perhaps he just like, I don't want anything to do with that guy. Who knows what? But anyway, he's there. Been there for a long time. And he looks at Peter and John because he's asking for arms. Even though his legs weren't working, he asked for arms. Sorry, it's a bad joke. Okay, so he's asking for money, and so he's looking at them expectantly, and they say, listen, silver and gold, that's not on the menu today, but what we do have, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Uh, He gets up, he's healed, and then he starts leaping, jumping around, praising God, causes a commotion, the religious people don't like it. Religion doesn't like extravagant praising and exalting of God. Ooh. So the religious guys pull in Peter and John and they say, what on earth are you doing? And how did you do this? And you shouldn't do this. And what, 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 what? And they say, listen, you decide it's, you know, whether we should listen to man or listen to God. But as for us, we're listening to God. And they say, we don't want you to do this anymore. And we want to try and discourage you from doing it. We're going to give you a beating. So they beat Peter and John. Gave them a lashing. Peter and John go back to the congregation. And the congregation, what do they do? They don't come like, 
Oh my goodness, persecution is so bad. I tell you what, let's lie low. Let's just like don't offend anybody. Well, it's gonna, no, 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 no. They said, Lord, help us to turn it up. To increase. Yeah? Empower your servants to carry on signs and wonders. All right? The place where they were meeting was shaken. They had an impartation of the Spirit. It says the result of that, Spirit to Spirit, impartation, they were filled with great boldness and went out preaching the Word. They were encouraged. Yeah? So the effect of that encounter with God was courage. Okay. Similarly, when a word comes, it should strengthen you and should encourage. There should be courage that comes to you through that word. It's kind of like, you know what? We can take on the world. All right? And the third thing it says, for comfort. Okay? Now this should be pretty obvious because Jesus said when he comes, he's going to be called the comforter. So... When he speaks, it's going to be comfort. Okay? Now, don't confuse human comfort with Holy Spirit comfort. Yeah? Because human comfort is like, oh, no, yeah, you poor thing. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, mm, let me kiss it better. Oh, naughty table. You know, like when a kid walks into a table, naughty table. I mean, did you even think what you just said there? How can a table be naughty? Like, what are you teaching your kid? Think, man. Yeah? Now, the Holy Spirit, His comfort, remember, what's He doing? He's causing us to come into a greater place of wholeness. So his comfort is not to leave us in the mess. His comfort is to come around and to lift us up into greater wholeness. His comfort is different from, oh, there, there, it's okay, stay in the mud. You don't have to change. You don't have to do anything. No, no. His comfort comes and lifts us up that we might get out of the mud and come clean. All right. So, there's some amazing positive things that we're going to feel, sense by the Spirit. A couple of things that we'll know. Okay, hit the eject button. It's like pride, fear, yeah. intimidation, condemnation, you useless, this will never be. You know, I'm amazed how often the Lord gives us these tests, you know, gives us these opportunities. On a lot of the Christian WhatsApp groups, it's like these, some of these, um, hmm, Hmm. It's like if we don't get a hundred thousand Christians to fast and pray for three days, we're done for. It's kind of like, that's not an encouraging word. The Lord says, if you don't do this thing, and blah blah blah, it's like whoa, I feel like <laughs> yeah. It's like listen, that's pretty obvious. Even if the person is supposedly a guru. Even if they've got some titles, either in front or behind of their name. It's like, if that's what it does to you by the Spirit, delete. Do not forward. Do not share. It's like, mm mm. No. 
I mean, I get really concerned when we, when we try to do by the arm of flesh what the Lord wants to do by the Spirit. You know, when there are words that kind of like, if we don't get every believer in every church praying on this day from this time to that time, then God will not answer. Really? Really? And I'm amazed how often that kind of a word comes through. Hmm. The Lord can deliver whether by many or by few. It's like it all depends on us. Oh. It's kind of like, hmm. Doesn't ring true. I'm not strengthening, encouraged, or comforted. Okay. Because you're so good, I'll give you one more way to test. So the fifth way in which we weigh, judge, test is does the scope of the word fall within these kinds of parameters that this word makes Jesus more famous as opposed to making you more famous? And does the word make me more like him? Turn with me, please. John chapter 16 and verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify you. No, 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 he will glorify me, Jesus said, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. So when a word comes... And it causes you to be so puffed up because without you, everything falls apart. It's like, mm, that's probably not accurate. The Holy Spirit is going to come lead us into all truth and it's about glorifying Jesus. Yeah. So we know the scriptures say don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. We also know that you should not think of yourself too lowly because he's making us worthy all right so if you have a tendency to think more lowly of yourself then you need to be opening up your heart your mind your spirit to hearing from this spirit that he's actually made you worthy he has qualified you but if you're the kind of person who thinks you're the bee's knees probably you need to Humble yourself. See, Scripture says that if we humble ourselves in due time, He will lift us up. But if you lift yourself up, oh, He's got a way of helping you to recognize who you really are. Okay? So, let's be humble. Now, if there's a word that says the Lord is going to use you to do great things for the kingdom, keep the focus on him and his kingdom, not on how much he's going to use you. Does that make sense? When you focus on the how much he's going to use you, the attention is on you and the attention is not on him. And scripture says here that he will glorify Jesus not glorify you. So the word, the way in which we're working with the word, we're processing the word, and we're figuring out which part is for us and which part is a little bit contaminated, shall I say, with the thoughts of man, or latching on to our own pride or insecurities that we actually have biblical guidelines how to deal with this thing. The Spirit will glorify Jesus. This is a big one. And He's going to cause us to 
He's going to move us, cause us to move in his ways. We're going to be led by the Spirit. And part of that being led by the Spirit is causing us to grow up into the fullness of the stature of Christ. In other words, we're being shaped more and more into his image. So prophetic words, words of strengthening, encouraging, and comfort are to cause us to grow more like him. Too many times when there's a prophet around, we want like, hey, tell me my fortune. You know, like, am I going to get a new car? I'm going to get a new house. Am I going to get a spouse? That's if you're single. You know, I want to know, and it's as though you were going to a psychic. And it's all about stuff that you want. Instead of the Spirit leading us in the path of righteousness and truth and growing up into the fullness of the statue of Christ. Does this make sense? Yeah? So the Holy Spirit is speaking words of strengthening, encouraging, and comfort that are going to shape us and mold us like clay is being molded, formed. Instead of being conformed to the image of this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the Spirit is going to help us and lead us. It's going to take us from glory to glory. We're going to mature. We're going to grow up in Him. Yeah? So the Spirit, the words are coming. Help us to move away from areas of being entangled in darkness and weakness and all these things. And the words are going to come that help us to live a life that pleases Him. But too many believers are actually just like, hey, I want a fortune teller. Instead of recognizing that actually he's going to speak to us in ways that are for our spiritual growth, not just our material growth. All right. probably time to land this I could hear the overwhelming excitement in the room I will not be daunted I will come back at you again I think that unfortunately the body of Christ has been incorrectly conditioned to want to come for a father Christmas experience Instead of the shepherd of our souls wanting to disciple us to be his disciples. It's all about what can I get? What more have you got for me? I want goodies. Instead of his goodness being formed and shaped in me. Hallelujah. And now these three remain. Faith hope, and love. This is in the context of supernatural gift ministry, the gifts. And when prophetic words come, faith, hope, and love. Words come to us. will shape who we are and cause us to have more of faith, hope, and love inside of us. That's worth far more than gold. Faith, hope, and love. He's more interested in these kinds of things coming to us through prophetic messages 
May we as the body of Christ grow up instead of just like, can I have another candy? I need another sweetie. I want, I want, I want. And to Lord, you are the master of my life. You know the things that need to be dealt with. Speak to me. Shape me and mold me. Lead me and guide me. I want to grow closer to you. It's not just about presence, it's about you. It's your presence, not your presence. Let's stand together. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we're so grateful to you that you've come to lead us and guide us into all truth. That you've not come to just on your own initiative and do your own stuff, but you are in complete alignment, unity with the Son and the Father. And what the Father wants and what the Son wants, you want. And you are releasing words of hope and faith and love, of strengthening, of encouragement, and of comfort. That you don't just leave us where we were, but you're causing us to advance. Even as the kingdom is advancing, you're causing us as individual members of the body, part of the bride, as the bride is coming to a place of perfection, you are working and your word is working to bring that about in us. Holy Spirit, speak, for your servants are listening. Shape us and mold us into your image, that our lives would bring you glory and honor. Thank you, Lord. We ask, Lord, that as we go from, from this place, we would continue to walk and experience your love and your peace, your kindness, your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your provision. You're a good father, and you take care of your kids. Thank you for your provision. We thank you that you continue to release peace in our lives, in our suburb, in our nation. We thank you, Lord, that joy that we've experienced all morning long will continue with us through this week, that we might be carriers of that joy and that we might have an abundance more than enough that we're able to release joy everywhere we go this week. To you be all praise, honor, and glory. Amen. Amen, amen, amen.